the world is filled with strong, godly women who have the ability to lead. So I want to close out this series that I've really, I've really enjoyed this series. And I want to close out this series with another character in the Bible that so many people have just overlooked. We seldom hear her name, but then tucked away in the genealogy of First Chronicles chapter 7 is a woman named Shira. Shira. Now, a lot of you, if you were around the 1980s, you know, with He-Man and everything, Shira was one of the characters there. It's not the Shira we're talking about, all right? This is Shira found in First Chronicles. In First Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 24, here's what it says. His daughter was Shira, who built lower and upper Beth Horan, as well as Uzan Shira. Like I said earlier, she's not mentioned that often in the Bible, and most people don't recognize her name. It's someone that we don't easily recognize. Yet there she is, briefly recorded for all time. Just one, one verse. Briefly recorded, but for all time. Her amazing family history starts in the book of Genesis. We're told that her father, Ephraim, with his brother, with one of his brothers, is given a special blessing by their aging grandfather, Jacob. The blessing is really significant. It's a very significant blessing, and it ripples down throughout the generations of their family. In Genesis chapter 48, verses 15 and 16, it says this, Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all of my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. Jacob... Ephraim's grandfather had adopted him into his family as one of his own, giving him equal rights to to his sons, if you will. So he's his grandfather, but Jacob adopts him into his family, giving him equal prestige, equal rights and standing with his other sons. So we know that Shira comes from a dynamic family line. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. I mean, how do you top that lineup? Okay, that's who she comes from. That is her line. But she was unique. She was, she was truly unique in a long list of descendants who were male. Is mentioned this woman in the genealogy. At this time in history, here is this woman Shira mentioned in the genealogy alongside all these other men. And this is profound. This is definitely profound. It makes you stop and just ask some questions. Very, very rarely, very seldom do you, do you hear the names of women mentioned in the genealogy. Because in this culture at that time, the family name, okay, the, the, the family was traced through the men. So it's extremely significant when you have a woman showing up in the genealogy. And for me, it was significant enough to stop and say, wait a second. If God, if God is doing this, 
if God is putting this woman, you know, again, and culturally, it's the genealogy laid out through men. You trace your family history through men. Then all of a sudden you have this woman in the genealogy stating what she did. So I had to stop and take note of that. Shira, what did she do? She built three towns or villages or cities. She built, we'll say towns. She built three towns that were prominent in Israel's history. She was obviously influential and wealthy. She was an influential and wealthy woman. The Bible says that she built and she established upper and lower Beth Haran. These were important, significant places. These, t- these towns were built in strategic locations. And they went on to have a long history in Israel. And I'll get to that in a moment. Shira even built a name that was, it was a town that was named after her. It was named after her. Uzan Shira. Uzan Shira. That was a town that was named after her. So she built three towns. Three towns. Upper and lower Beth Haran were a few miles northwest of Jerusalem. Put a, we'll have a map up there. We want to shoot that map up there as I kind of go through this. The Bible first mentions these towns in Joshua 10 in verse 10. When the Israelites enter Canaan, they enter Canaan and they, and they, they take on the inhabitants of that area. And the Bible tells us they went into battle with them and the battle went through and on down the road of Beth Haran toward Beth Haran. And they defeated the enemy. So we first hear it in Joshua 10.10. Ephraim had a lot of male descendants. But it was left up to his daughter, Shira, to build and establish these towns. And and again, you you have to put yourself, let's go back in time and put ourselves in that culture. Because you're not going to truly grasp what this woman accomplished if you don't put yourself in the culture. See, she was given responsibility. She was exercising authority that was usually only given to men. But here we find her in the text building three towns, three significant towns. So now I want to go on and just explain a little more of the significance of Beth Haran because it'll give you a background as we as we continue to tell this story. So stay with me. The Bible tells us that when that when Joshua, Joshua led Israel into Canaan, the after centuries, after centuries of being in an exile in Egypt, the first town that he was able, able to subdue, the first town that he took, the city that he took was Jericho. So he took Jericho, which was on the eastern border of Canaan. Then, then Joshua goes west toward the sea to make sure, and this is significant, to make sure that he captures the twin villages guarding the center point of this important trade route. Okay, because Beth Haran, upper and lower Beth Haran was an extremely important place. These twin cities were extremely important. They were a trade route. They were at the center, okay, of Canaan. So Joshua takes those cities. The twin villages were about two miles apart. One was built in the highlands and the other was built in the valley. So you have upper and lower Beth Haran. And so what we have here is what Joshua was doing is that he was making sure that he captured those two cities. 
And Beth Haran was on the it was on the on the road from Jericho on the border of the Jordan River toward the Mediterranean Sea to the Mediterranean Sea. So that's the location that we have of Beth Haran. It is extremely important to the history of Israel. We see in Joshua chapter 16 and verse 5 that upper and lower Beth Haran were given later on to the tribe of Ephraim for them as their territory to inhabit in the promised land. And why not? Why not? Because it was Ephraim's daughter, Shira, who built and established these towns. And I can tell you right now that the the people of the, the tribe of Ephraim weren't going to let anyone forget it. So historically, she builds the towns. And then when they go and Joshua takes and goes into Canaan and and fights the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all these different peoples, the tribe of Ephraim is able to inhabit that area that was their territory in the promised land because that his daughter Shira, Ephraim's daughter Shira, was the one who established those towns. Now, I'm going to, a little speculation, but speculation built on reality, okay? Common sense. Shira probably was a leader in the towns that she built and established. You cannot, you cannot build and establish something that dynamic without having that leadership ability. Uzin, Uzin, Shesh. Shira means listen to Shira because I it was interesting as I went through this and then you start digging a little deeper as you have time you start going through more and more commentaries and digging a little deeper and reading different things and I came upon this Uzan Shira means listen to Shira all right is that clear enough listen to Shira this woman was dynamic that was the that was the, the town that was named after her But she would have been an incredible leader, someone who would continue to lead once she established and built those towns. So that's what we have. And so it's obvious to it should be obvious to all of us that she was respected, that she was a woman of vision, that she was a builder. She didn't tear down. She built up significant towns in the history of Israel. Think about it. What does it say about Shira that she would have established and built these towns in a culture, in a climate of that time? What would she have to have overcome? What kind of leader would she have to be? Honestly, let's just do this for a second. If I said that, I mentioned a male's name and said, in that culture at that time, this male dynamic leader built these three towns. Read on past, okay? No problem. Why? He's a dynamic leader. He built those towns. Everyone's going to follow him. No issue whatsoever. But if I take that male and put a female leader next to him and you look at the culture and you remember the time period and you look at the culture and you say that Shira, that leader, accomplished all those things. Imagine what she would have had to overcome to do the same thing that a male did in her time period. Imagine the kind of leader that she would have to be. Imagine the kind of godly woman she would have to be for others to follow her during this time in history. Have you ever built anything? You ever built anything? A business. Maybe you built a business. Maybe you built your home. Right? 
Maybe you built an organization or maybe you 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 built a team or maybe you built a family or or you, you built a strong relationship. You've built strong relationships. Well, if you've built something like that, you know what I'm talking about. You know how difficult it is. You know what it takes. Shira built three towns. Imagine, given what I just told you, imagine the skill. Imagine the verbal skills that she had. Imagine the skill. Imagine the strength. Imagine what she would have had to have overcome in order to accomplish what God called her to accomplish. Just imagine the kind of woman we're talking about here. The kind of dynamic personality, the kind of dynamic woman that we're talking about here. This was not a role for women in her culture. So you can you can just imagine with me the obstacles that some people would have put in her way on her way to accomplishing what God called to accomplish. Because of the culture, I mean, I'm sure, well, I take that back. In, 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 in many times, women don't want to follow other women. In that culture especially, maybe the jealousy or maybe that's not your role or the case may be. It would have been difficult sometimes for men to follow her. Imagine the obstacles that she would have had to overcome in order to accomplish what God called her to do with all the obstacles that other people would have put in her way. Shira sets an example for all of us to follow, all of us, men or women. We have the, these bracelets, right? Don't be Demas, right? Don't be Demas. We got these in the first, the first series, the first sermon we did. Don't be Demas. Shira sets an example for every single one of us to follow, whether I'm talking about women in the sermons or women in the sermon or men in the sermon. These are people that we should either look to and say, what can we learn from their mistakes or look to and say, how can we be more like them? Shira is the kind of person you look to and say, how can I be more like her, man or woman? She teaches us a lot of things. And these are just practical applications, okay, that are, that are, so, that are general, that I know that you will agree. These are things that she can teach us. The first thing she can teach us is not to make excuses, that I should not make excuses for my perceived or real limitations. Again... Go back with me and think about what she had to endure. She teaches us not to, not to make excuses for our perceived or even real limitations in life. There will always be people who tell you that it cannot be done or at least it cannot be done by you. Even if it can be done, it certainly can't be done by you. They try to limit you because of their perception of what you can or cannot do. Don't let them. Don't let them limit you. Be like Shira. Don't let people limit you. If God has called you to build something, whatever it is, a family, to build a family. Maybe you come from a background where your family is a little bit messed up, even for hist- historically. OK, go back in you know, genealogy, if you will, your grandparents. And there's there's been a history of not eh, your family's kind of shaky when it comes to staying together, all these kinds of things. Then, then you take, don't let people limit you and tell you that you can't build a strong, godly family. Don't let people limit you. That's the one. And what Satan wants to do is come along and use other people to limit what God has called you to do. That's one side of the coin. But I was thinking this through this week, and there's another side of this coin that I want you to really avoid. I want you to avoid this. Don't, don't build your life on, I'll show them. 
That's the other side of it. So now someone has said, you can't do something, you can't accomplish something. And so what you do is you jump to the other side and you start living out in your life. I'll show them. They're still controlling you. You know that, right? Because now you're living for what you're going to show. I'll show them. I'll show them. Here, it's a trap. If Satan can't get you on the front end and discourage you and limit you from accomplishing what God has for you, he'll get you on the other end, which is I'll show them. Boy, I'll show them. Here's the trap. You never show these people anything. You come to me and name one person, even yourself or anyone else you've ever heard of, where someone said to them, boy, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't accomplish this. And then you go and accomplish it and way more than that. And those people get on the phone or invite you out to breakfast or to lunch and sit you down and say, I just got to tell you something. I told you you can never do this or that. But you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong about you. You can do this and you can, I, you know, you, you proved me wrong. Even if you build the most dynamic, whatever it is, or even if you accomplish the whatever, whatever it could possibly be, they're just going to say, oh, that's because he cheated or she cheated. That's because they got his break or that's because, you know, they were married into this family or that's because and that's because they're never going to admit anything. So you spend your life not living to an audience of one, but living to an audience in the back of your mind of thinking, I'll show them. And you never show them anything. And you and you get robbed of the joy of doing what God has called you to do just for the pleasure of God calling you to do it. Just go do it. Who cares what they think? Who cares what they say? Stop thinking about it. Stop holding on to that. There are traps on either end. Don't let someone limit you and don't live by I'll show them. It's a mistake. She also teaches us not to let discouragement stop us from fulfilling our destiny. Do not let discouragement stop you from fulfilling your destiny. You cannot tell me that she did not face discouragement in the process of building those three towns. Can't tell me. It is not possible. These are things, just so you understand, I'll show them and people telling you that you can't do it. Those are universal. I always thought maybe when I was younger, I thought, well, people just told me, you know, because most people wouldn't tell. No, that's not true. That's not true. You're not, I'm not alone in, I tell a story and people told me I couldn't build this or I couldn't start that or whatever else. These aren't, these aren't stories that are just limited to Jeff Greer. These are, these are universal stories. Almost every person in this room has had people tell them you can't do something. It's the same thing with discouragement. You cannot tell me that Shira did not face discouragement along the way when she was accomplishing what God had called her to accomplish. And she, she teaches us not to let discouragement stop us from doing the things that God has called us to do. You cannot tell me that the woman did not lay in bed at night sometimes and think, is this worth the effort? I'm going through so much. You take the discouragement becomes so overwhelming. You're so sick and tired of people telling you what you can and cannot do or or putting roadblocks in your way or whatever the case may be. And, and you can't tell me she didn't lay in bed going through this process and cutting through the red tape and trying to get people to accomplish what she needed them to accomplish that she didn't go, man, what is this even worth the effort? Shira must have faced so many challenges on the way to fulfilling her purpose. You know why I know that? This isn't just speculation out there, because we all do. 
We all do. We all face those challenges. Now, some more than others, some more than others, but we all face those challenges on the way to fulfilling the purpose for which God has created us. I, I don't know what it is about people. I, I, thought, I thought about it a lot this week. I don't know what it is about people, but they often are bent on discouraging you when you want to do something significant. Instead of coming along, and the Bible says, encourage one another and build each other up. That's what Shira does. She builds. She's a builder. Encourage one another and build each other up. Why do people do the opposite? The only reason I, the only, the only explanation that I really have is a sinful nature. And there's jealousy and there's pride. There's pride and jealousy. And that's why they do what they do. They don't want you to accomplish that because maybe they haven't fulfilled their dream or maybe they haven't had the, the chutzpah, if you will, to keep moving forward and to, and to accomplish what they have. But, but the answer to why is probably pride and jealousy. Shira teaches us also to ignore the naysayers. And to be relentless in our pursuit of God's will and purpose for our lives. To ignore the naysayers, okay, the peanut gallery. And to be relentless in our pursuit of God's will and purpose for our lives. Remember, she not only built one town, she built three. Three. One would be enough in the genealogy. Saying that she built one town. But building three towns... With the significance they had in the history of Israel, amazing. As I was processing through it, she also teaches us something else. She teaches us that how to use the gifts and the talents and the strengths and the abilities of the people around you. Again, I'll come back to this. It is very difficult for me to even imagine that she did not draw on the strengths of the people around her, men and women. But in that culture, that would have been a very difficult task for her, right? If you're a phenomenal male leader, okay, and you, you know, you're in the line, you, you have the line, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know what I mean? And you're in that line. If you're a male leader, well, people are going to want to follow you, men and women. In Shira's case, she had to figure out how to get people to follow her, to follow her leadership, and that would not have been an easy task. You know, if we go back, like Axaw, I think about this. She, she must have learned to approach people in a way that motivated them to want to give her what she needed. Shira had to have that same skill. To be able to go before people and allow them and get them to be motivated to give her what she needed. And they wanted to give her what what she needed. People follow character and strength. They follow humility and vision. People follow people who have those kinds of skills. People who see beyond themselves to the greater good of all. People will like to follow others who are, are humble in their hearts and who put themselves, make themselves less than others. Put others first. When you have a selfless person, that's the kind of person that the masses, if you will, would want to follow. Like Axaw, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Shira had those same abilities. She must have been a savvy negotiator, okay? 
in order to build three towns and all that you have to pull together and the structure and organization, she must have been a savvy negotiator, much like the woman in Proverbs 31. And in Proverbs 31, we were talking about actual, I brought her up. But I want to read you that again in verse 16 and 17. I want to read you verse 17 as well. It says, she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Listen, verse 17. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. In this case, case, she doesn't plant a vineyard. She plants three towns. This is the kind of woman that Proverbs 31 is talking about. The kind of dynamic personality that Proverbs 31 is talking about. The kind of godly woman that Proverbs 31 is talking about. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. See, in this case, it's a woman who sees the vision for the future, knows what needs to be accomplished, and she accomplishes what God has for her. Why? Because in God's eyes, in God's economy, men and women are equal in value and ability. Now, we're different in how we're designed, okay? Size or whatever the case may be. There's, there's differences which make us incredibly unique. And this culture trying to make us all one and try to do away with all the feminine, the masculine, it's number one, will never work. It's insanity. And number two, why should it? There's uniquenesses amongst men and women that God has designed in us. But in God's eyes, we are equal in value and ability. Women can accomplish as much as men can accomplish and vice versa. God sees us and loves us equally. He designed us with specific purpose. He uses us for his glory and his will to do the will of his son. To work and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us work through us to build the kingdom of God. You see, in my opinion, women like Aksaw and Shira deserve special honor because of what they had to overcome, the obstacles that they would have had to overcome in order to be successful. They deserve special honor. They deserve to be lifted up. We as men in this church need to look at women like Aksaw and Shira and say, I want to be like them because we, like everyone else in the world, go through trials, go through difficulties, hit roadblocks. And it's someone like this. It's someone like Shira who we can point to and say, can you imagine what she had to face on the way to fulfilling God's purpose for her life? I need that same strength. I need that same passion. I need that same chutzpah. I need all that in my life to accomplish what God has for me because enemy is going to throw so much in your way. Man, or woman we need to be like shira we need to be like this woman let me tell you something women throughout history now let's bring it back closer to our own time women throughout history have been building the body of jesus christ and the kingdom of god i mean maybe in the background in some cases but women have been building the church for centuries This is not a male-dominated, just men have built it, men have done this, whatever. This is an equal partnership that God has placed in the church of men and women working together. And women have been on the forefront of building the church of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. Women have often led, okay, often led 
in, 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 in missions. There, there have been times in history where no one wanted to go to that place. And it was a woman who went first. She led in the area of missions. The courage that it would take to go into an area no one else has ever been before, if you will, to reach a tribe of people. Many times it was women who led the way, who built the kingdom of God for centuries. You know, having been raised by a very strong mother, having raised two strong daughters with a strong wife, I know how important it is. I, I, I know the positive influence of a legacy left by godly women. I know that legacy. I remember, I remember when my parents were divorced and I went with my mom, my brother went with my dad. And I remember my mom in the early years, we moved to New York, we were in this apartment complex and all the other moms are going around and doing all the other single mom things, whatever, back in that time. And, and it was embarrassing for their kids and what, what we saw when we walked into people's apartments and all this kind of thing. My mom never did that. My mom was focused on me, not herself. She sacrificed her own life for years to make sure that my life was in a place where I was healthy and that I was strong and that I'd be able to accomplish all that God had for me to accomplish. She made a sacrifice. I know what it is to have a strong woman in your life. I know what it is now to have strong women in your life and the legacy that they can leave for the generations to come. And so does Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln wrote this. I love this quote. All that I am. All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Shira has left a legacy for every single one of us to follow, man or woman. A legacy of blessing left to her by those who went before her, from those who knew the God who has been their shepherd all of their lives. My friends, you and I are responsible to build a legacy for those who will come after us. For those who are coming at the generations that are coming up behind us, we are responsible before God to be like Shira and leave a legacy for them. Maybe it's a daughter or maybe it's a son. Maybe it's a grandchild or a great grandchild who will remember your character. They will remember how you live. They will remember what you said and how God has been the shepherd of your life. They'll remember those things. They'll hold on to those things. These are things that we pass down from generation to generation. And we are remembered by our great grandchildren and our grandchildren. Even if you personally are not remembered. They're going to remember the people that you invested in. And it will. It, it, these are the kinds of things that echo throughout eternity. See. We are not to live just for today. And that's our culture. I'm sorry. It is getting ridiculous. We are not a leader. A leader that others should follow does not live just for today or just for themselves. They live for others. They give of themselves and the, the ripples of their choices go on from generation to generation. 
the choices that you make, the choices that I make, the way we live our lives, things that we say, how we handle difficult situations, those are passed down to our children and our children's children. They ripple throughout eternity. They ripple throughout generations to come. See, my goal for us this morning, for each one of us, um, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to be a builder, to be a builder, a builder of the church, of the church that God has given us to build, a builder of the church, that you invest your life, your time, your financial resources, that you would build the church, that you would build through discipleship, that you would invest in other people's lives, one-on-one in small groups, that you see yourself as someone who needs to build into other people, a builder of a builder of your family, your marriage and your family, a builder in your school. Where do you go to school? You need to be like Shira in your school. You need to be a builder in your school, investing in the lives of others, leaving a legacy in your school that people will look back in years to come and remember who you were in your school for how you lived your life in your business. You need to live in such a way and leave such a legacy in your business that people see you, whether you're a Procter & Gamble or a GE or you run your own business or wherever the case, wherever you work, that people at Walmart see you as a person of integrity, a person of character, that when they look at you, they see a reflection of Jesus Christ through you. That is the legacy that God has called us to. To leave. We are to build. We are to be builders and we are to build a legacy. Today, you and I need to decide. We need to make a commitment that we are going to be builders, that we're going to build others up, that we're going to build the kingdom of God, that we're going to build the church, that we're going to be building into our families, that we're going to be a positive example, not only to those who are alive now, but those who are to come. The people of her day probably saw Shira as one of their heroes. They probably talked about her around the fire, told stories about her. They probably saw her as one of their incredible heroes. I know, my friends, that she should be one of ours. She should be one of our heroes. As we close out this series, to be or not to be, I say to you, be like Shira. Be like Shira. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together. And God, thank you for the opportunity to to gather here, Lord God, during this series and look at men like Demas and realize these are people we don't want to be like, but we can glean, we can learn from them. We can learn from their mistakes. We can see their mistakes in our own lives. We can see some of those same sins in our own lives. And Lord God, we can work on them. We can be like men like Aristarchus who desired to follow you and went through so many trials and so many difficulties and so many riots and so much. He was in prison, Lord God, but he chose to follow you, whether it's a man or whether it's a woman. Lord God, help us to draw from those who have come before us, the good and the bad, learning lessons that will be applied to our lives and the lives of our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren for generations to come. Help us be that stable force in our families. Help us build a legacy with the foundation, the foundation of your son, Jesus Christ. 
We love you. We praise you. And most of all, Lord God, let me just say this from all of my heart. We want to be like you. Most of all, we want to be like you. We pray all these things and we thank you for this series and the opportunity that we had to grow and learn from it. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great week. Great week.